in order to inherit his fed-up father's hotel empire, an immature and lazy man must repeat grades 1 through 12 all over again. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining, Ruining Our Childhood, a nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. I thought you were going to say Disney for a second. To Disney. <laughs> if they hold up to our adult standards. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. How's it going? Welcome. Welcome to another amazing episode of ruining our childhood where we talk about movies yeah and we're married yeah and sometimes we talk about this batshit year that we're in (laughs) yeah 2020 can just go away yeah it's nice to know that it is almost half over but it's there's no guarantees that you know 2021 is going to be any better (laughs) it does seem like 2020 started seven years ago you know 2019 was a decent year for me. I really liked it, actually. Mm -hmm. But I do remember people are like, I'm so excited for 2020 because 2019 wasn't a great year. But in comparison to this year, it's, I miss it. Yeah, I miss it. This is a nostalgic podcast and we're nostalgic for a year ago. (laughs) I was Simpler uh, time. I was driving the other day and I was thinking, which, you know, it's always good when you're driving is to have your mind wander. But I was thinking... When was the last time I went and had fun with friends? Like physically? Yeah, it was February. Yeah, it's not fun. No. But you know what? We'll get through it. Yeah. It's just a, I don't know. It's a shit show. (laughs) It is. Us humans will get through it one way or another. Touche. Maybe a civil war. Oh, geez. No, that's too dark. Let's not talk about it. Okay. That's the darkest timeline right there. (laughs) Yeah. Darkest timeline. Um, So... This week, we're doing the 1995 classic. Classic? Why'd you point to me? I was proud because you remembered to do it this week. Oh, yeah. Last week, we we were a hot mess. Yeah. We were a little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, and today, we're recording on a day we usually don't record, so it's weird. It's very weird. Um, but anyway, 1995 classic, Billy Madison, which is a recent poll winner, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> A recent Ashley pick. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Next week, though, we'll talk about uh, what the poll is for next week uh, at the end of the episode. But I I would say we don't have a horse in the race. No, I'm going to pick one. Oh, my God. And hope for the best. (laughs) Okay, then you pick the quote unquote better one or what one you think our listeners and friends would pick. Yeah. And so I could we'll finally get a win in this. But I will say Airheads was very close, too. It was. It, Twitter. That's that's the factor that you don't factor in is all the random Twitter followers we have that yeah. vote. And they really wanted Billy Madison. But if we would have just did Instagram and Facebook, Airheads would have won. I really, I realize how bad I'm doing with these polls when my brother said he was going to change my name and his <laughs> cell phone to Ofer. Because my picks are 0 for 5. Yeah. And it really, really hurt. It's I, it's not a competition, Ryan. I mean, it is a, I guess, in a way a competition. But it, it didn't start as a competition between me and you. No, but you have made it one when you go, <laughs> your movie might win this week. I can't help it. Ugh. I'm a very competitive person. Yes, you are. You know? Yeah. I know um, your family. <laughs> So many fights have started from Farkle. <laughs> I've never played games with someone who rooted against me until I played <laughs> games with your father. God. I thought he'd call you a motherfucker. <laughs> no, no, he did not. Oh. He never called me a curse word. Oh. But he would just root against me in Yahtzee. He never called you a little bitch or anything like that? I feel like that's his oh, MO. Like, li- if you get a good role, then he goes, you little bitch. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> called me a little bitch. He's never called me a motherfucker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Games with my family is fun. 1995. We've yes. done this year quite a bit, mm-hmm. I think. Right? 
For sure. We had to have. Hit us with some 1995 facts. Off the top of my head, Batman Forever, 1995. Okay, yeah. And Casper. Hmm. Uh, This movie was released on February 10th of 1995. It had a budget of $10 million and made $26.4 million. So it was a little bit of a success. Uh, Popular TV shows from 1996 would be Caroline in the City, The Single Guy, and Home Improvement. And some popular songs were TLC, Creep. The actual number one song of the week the movie came out was that. Uh, Some other popular songs were Madonna, Take a Bow, and TLC, Waterfalls. They had a very good year. Crazy, sexy, cool. Damn straight. You were looking up the facts while we were cooking dinner, and you're like, I could creep. not get creep out of my head. And then I started singing Digging on You. Yeah. Because that was my jam. Uh, some good songs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was obsessed with TLC. I know I was introduced to them by way of Waterfalls and not Creep. Uh-huh. And I just remember that summer, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing that song. That's very true. Yeah. With Waterfalls? Yeah, okay. Waterfalls. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I want to say that that was more of a commercial hit for oh, them. yeah. Across different platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a CD single I got for my birthday mm-hmm. over the summer and had Dig On You and I think maybe Creep. Mm. I can't remember. But all I know is I was obsessed. You at least were with the times and had it on CD. My brother... We didn't have CDs. We had cassettes. And he had it on cassette. Do you remember CD singles? They were I the do. best. They were like $2 and you yeah. got like three songs. Exactly. Ugh, the 90s. So what was your earliest memory of this Adam Sandler classic? I would say this actually probably introduced me to Adam Sandler. For sure. Because I was not into SNL yet. I probably got into it the following year. Mm-hmm. So Adam Sandler had already left. I remember the preview when he does his Adam Sandler voice and wanting to see the movie. Yeah. But we didn't see it in theaters. uh, For sure rented it. Yeah. All I can remember was laughing a lot and liking it because then I, you know, it set up years of enjoying his movies. Uh, What about you? Um, Same. I mean, very similar. I I believe this is the first film that I saw where he was the star Mm -hmm. and it was definitely one of my favorites i would say i know we've talked about this because we've done an adam sandler movie before the wedding singer Mm -hmm. but this was definitely my favorite growing up and it was just because the thought of like a grown person going having to go back to elementary school was really funny Mm -hmm. and i always thought he was cute really yeah especially in this time Mm. you know he's younger he's kind of kind of fit i don't know he's not ugly no, no. I never thought he was ugly. Did you think he was hot, right? Oh, he's a good looking man. <laughs> and yeah, this and Happy Gilmore, obviously. Yes. He had a slew of hits. Were you a, you were a bigger Billy Madison fan than Happy Gilmore? Yes, because I wasn't really into golf, even okay. though I would say Happy Gilmore made golf interesting for me and I made me that. understand it a little better. Yeah. But yeah, I wasn't so much into it. Even though, if I had to guess, out of the two, I think Happy Gilmore would probably hold up better. Probably. So I don't know if you want to move into that. Yes, and I'm going to say it right now. We need to do a uh, Happy Gilmore at some point for this sure, podcast. Sure, yeah. yeah. Do you think it's going to hold up? I was. I kind of asked you that. Yeah, you, you kind of, you just said, would you like to move on? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I don't think it is. Okay. Uh, I think it will still be funny. In certain parts, but I think there's going to be stuff that's cringy about it, especially maybe his relationship with the teacher. I think there's going to be some things that are not going to age well. Okay. But we'll see. But I think there's going to be parts that I still find funny, like Chris Farley's character and the old duels. Mm-hmm. Is it the old duels? Old Doyles. Old Doyles. That's yeah. right. Old Doyles is a non-alcoholic beer. That is correct. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I don't think it will hold up because of that. I agree with you. I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to hold up. And I'm actually going to say it. I hope I I laugh and I'm entertained and still find funny parts to it. I, I say that because Biodome 
was one that I was I'm sure there was still going to be some funny parts to it and I couldn't find them no obviously Billy Madison and Adam Sandler are held in much higher regards in comedy I was gonna say the caliber of actors compared like even the side characters or actors in this film Mm -hmm. compared to Biodome are way better I like I said I just I hope um but I yeah I don't think it's gonna hold up particularly well like you said there's gonna be funny parts but I think his kid voice and baby voice are gonna wear thin on me probably but I'm hopeful I don't know if it's so much that for for me I think it's like the some of the jokes that I can remember also like I I want to say there's like some child predator jokes with the principal or something. I don't know. There's stuff that's just not going to age well Yeesh. that I can remember. But, you know, maybe it won't be that bad. Because I think there's sometimes where I think back to a movie that I hadn't seen in a while. And I focus on the one problem area. And then <laughs> when we rewatch the movie, I'm like, oh, it's like a brief thing. Like, it doesn't take over the whole movie. Yeah. Then I think it's not fine. Nothing problematic is fine. But... At least it's not like the main focus of the movie. That's kind of how I felt about Ace Ventura. Yeah. I was worried about... The stuff at the end, especially. The stuff with Lois Einhorn and stuff yeah. like that. And it it didn't hurt the movie, in my opinion. It, it was it, bad. It hurts it, and it's bad, but it wasn't like your your overall opinion of it yeah. wasn't that. There was... I don't know if I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but there was like a article I was reading that talked about like problematic movies and different issues that we've aged out of Mm -hmm. and like being okay to rewatch those movies that are problematic. And I'm, and I'm thinking if you look at it in the sense of like a history, like being able to watch a movie and go, this was a different time and that we've gotten better Mm -hmm. about our way of thinking. Like, I think those movies should serve a purpose because in a way it's kind of like, our history, if you think about American history, if we sit there and whitewash it, then we'll never learn from the actual real mistakes that we made. And we like romanticize certain parts of history and go, we were so great. And then we tend to, you know, wash over the parts that are really fucking egregious. So I'm like, it's good to watch movies sometimes that are, are problematic because I think that helps us understand how much we've grown as humans. I believe the term we've uh, begun using is we Disneyfy yeah. history for I, kids. I do, I do like that term. Yeah, they really Disneyfy it for you and sugarcoat it. So where you can see this is places <laughs> if you don't own it like we do, right? We own it. I think so. We're going to come back and say we had like, to rent it. Fun fact, guys. We rented it from Amazon. If you have a Cinemax subscription it's on their app okay max go mm-hmm. uh it's also i believe according to justwatch.com on direct tv okay uh, on demand and you can rent it on the various places that you can rent things fair enough but i think we do own it i think we do as well but we'll see again my memory is so bad um, so we'll be right back to discuss Billy Madison. Hit the pausey pause. That too. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. I'm a disappointment. <laughs> okay, and we're back. And before we start breaking down our movie, uh, we want to just remind you guys to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook so you can vote in our polls. And also get over to RooneyInOurChildhood.com. Join the Runers Club. Yeah. And uh, also give us a subscribe and a, a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. That's always yeah, nice. Yeah, if it's available. If it's available. Ryan if it's not, you can't do a, you can't very well review us. I just like to throw out vague things. Just, you know, just do a review while you're talking to yourself in the shower. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know. Also, we wanted to give a shout out to a podcast that we've been listening to, and they gave us an awesome shout out on their last episode. The 88 Miles Per Hour podcast? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's hosted by Santos and Freddie. Mm-hmm. And they gave us a nice shout out on their last episode. They did... Uh... Liar, liar. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing a whole Jim Carrey month. They're 
similar to us and they since they watch older movies that yeah. they grew up with but they're not you know trying to see if they hold up they just kind of talk about what they enjoyed about it and stuff like that but they're doing a whole jim carrey month so that definitely spoke to me yeah they already did the mask you know i i literally listened to it today and they said what their next one was going to be and for and the forgot. life of me i cannot remember <laughs> i'm sorry guys yeah we suck but it's a really funny podcast and definitely check it out guys yeah we enjoy it so now we're gonna discuss i almost said disgusting <laughs> now we're gonna disgusting this lovely movie billy madison you want to hit us with the first category our first category is well hello there well hello there where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie there wasn't an uh a lot, but there also wasn't not a lot. What? <laughs> there was some. <laughs> yeah. My first one was Norm MacDonald. Because mm-hmm. obviously the first person they show is Adam Sandler, who yes. plays Billy Madison. But Norm MacDonald plays one of his friends, Frank. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of his kind of loser buddies that he does absolutely nothing with. I was going to say there. Drinks a lot and... I kind of wondered what his backstory was because, I mean, Billy obviously has a very well-off father who owns a hotel chain, but I'm like, what does Frank's family do and the other guy? I, I will say Norm MacDonald doesn't look that much older than than Adam Sandler, but the other actor mm-hmm. looks like... He's in like mid-30s. Maybe even older. Yeah. Just maybe doesn't take care of himself because he parties too much. Could be. Yeah, I they should have developed them more, like maybe gave them a backstory, like maybe it was his friends from high school, or are they also like guys that have rich parents that don't have to do anything? Yeah, they really don't explain any of yeah. it. Yeah, it seems like they're a little bit of like a leech situation, mm-hmm. like they're his cronies. Yeah, definitely. But uh, who is yours? Uh, my first one was Bradley Whitford. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays Eric, who is kind of the villain, for lack of a better term, in the movie, where he, if Billy can't pass all these classes, he gets the company. Yeah. And Bradley Whitford was Josh Wyman on The West Wing. Uh, more recently, we've seen him a bunch as Roger Peralta on Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nine. And he's been in Get Out and Handmaiden's Tale. He's just been a, in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. This is the first thing I saw him in, I think. Yeah. And then, what was he in? I didn't really watch West right? Wing, Mm-mm. but he was in something else in the mid-2000s. The other one I remember him on was Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Yeah. With uh, Matthew Maybe Perry. Maybe that was it. I don't know. I My brain is mush right now. Oh, good, good. So it's good. We're recording <laughs> a podcast. <laughs> my next one was uh, Teresa Merritt, mm-hmm. who played Juanita, which was Billy's housekeeper Mm -hmm. and i thought she looked really familiar but i think it was one of those situations where i've seen this movie a lot and i recognize her primarily from this movie but she was she did play aunt m in the whiz so oh wow yeah very nice i always think she looks familiar but then when i looked up her wikipedia nothing was jumping yeah she wasn't in tons of stuff Mm -hmm. so that's why i also looked at it i was like well i guess that's she was in the whiz so that's a movie. Yeah, for that sure. That I remember watching, so. Hmm. My next one was Larry Hankin. Yes. He plays Carl, who also works for Billy's father uh, for the hotel chain. He's one of the higher-ups there. Mm-hmm. And he was in Home Alone yes. as the, I think you'd call him, like, maybe the desk officer. He wasn't yeah. a dispatcher, no. but he was, you know, talks to Kevin's parents when they called the report of missing. And then also he played... The taxi driver in planes, trains, and automobiles. Yes. Yeah. And I did look him up. He still acts. He was in Breaking Bad. And Barry. And Barry. Yeah. Yeah. So he's still... I I kept watching and I was like, where is he from? And then, yeah. He's like, hyper on line two. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Uh, ma'am. We'll send someone over to your house just to check on your son. I like, I always like how we watch that scene. You're like, I was a dispatcher. Of course we would do that. <laughs> That's just, the bare minimum that we would do. They want a welfare check on a six-year-old that they left and they're in Paris. Yeah. And in the movie, they make it seem like it's such an inconvenience. 
love it. Uh, good times. My next one was uh, Brigitte Wilson. Is it Brigitte or Bridget? Bridget? <laughs> She's not Brigitte Nilsson. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, Bridget Wilson Sampras. There you go. And she plays Veronica Vaughn. Mm-hmm. And I just remember her from The Wedding Planner. We've talked about her before because we yes. did The Wedding Planner for right. our romantic comedy month. Well, looks like she doesn't act anymore. Yeah. Which we, we probably, probably talked ha- about. Yeah, I think we've had planner. this exact yeah. discussion yeah. from our Wedding Planner episode. But yeah, those are the two main movies I remember her from. Yeah. Um, my next one is Josh Mostel. Yes. He plays Principal Max Anderson. Uh, big thing that I remember him from was another Adam Sandler movie. He was in Big Daddy. Oh, okay. He played the like um, social worker who's trying to play, you know, handle the adoption, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then also he was in City Slickers. Yes, City Slickers and oh. City Slickers. City Slickers, and he was also in Money Pit. Ooh, who was your next one? My next one was. Chris Farley, mm-hmm. obviously, with the cameo, he plays the bus driver mm-hmm. who is kind of angry. Yes. But I guess being a bus driver is... As is and the kids were dicks. Yeah. Kid, yeah. Kids are always dicks. Yeah. I always really enjoyed Chris Farley. Who was your next one? My next one was another SNL guy, which was Robert Smigel. He plays the high school science teacher. Yeah. And I think he was more of a writer for SNL than, like, an actual cast member. Yeah, for sure. And then probably the thing that a lot of people know him for is he's the voice of Triumph, the insult comic dog Mm -hmm. on Conan, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if that's still a thing. I have no clue. I always liked that guy. You would. (laughs) My next one was Amos Crawley, Mm -hmm. which he played Rod, which was one of... uh, billy's like freshman friends Mm -hmm. like when he gets in high school he was the one with like the longer hair Mm -hmm. he was in virgin suicides he played one of the guys that would contact the girls oh wow um and then also more recently and with an e the netflix series that i love no kidding yeah oh that's neat yeah so because i was like he looks really familiar and he looks mostly the same as an adult just doesn't have that long 90s hair. Luscious locks. Yeah. I thought he kind of looked like he should be in Dazed and Confused. And that's why I looked him up because I was like, was he... Pl- uh, I want to say one of Wiley Wiggins' friends. Ugh, Wiley Wiggins. Um, Jim Cramer, one of the worst actors of all time. Oh. Uh, I thought he looked like his one of his little buddies, but it wasn't. I did not place him, so thank you for educating me. You're welcome. Uh, my next one was Stephen Buscemi, and that's right, I went with Stephen. He plays Danny McGrath in this, which is a student that Billy kind of bullied in high school. Yeah. So once he goes back to high school and he's kind of picked on, he decides to call him and apologize for being a butthead. Right. And Steve Buscemi was in a lot of Adam Sandler's movies, and Boardwalk Empire is probably the most famous thing that he was on. There's probably some other movies, too. Mm-hmm. But he's... He's Steve Buscemi. He really is. Mm-hmm. It's what it says on his driver's license. <laughs> I'm sure. The last one that I have is James Downey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays the high school principal, and he's an SNL writer, and he's been he has cameos in a bunch of like SNL themed movies. Robert he's... Downey Jr.'s uncle. Oh. I just blew your mind. You did. Yep. His brother is Robert Downey Sr. Wow. He was in Wayne Worlds too. Wayne's Worlds. Wayne's Wayne's World World 2. Yeah. I keep saying Wayne's Worlds too. I think he was a writer on SNL for years. It still has him listed as the last thing he did. Oh, it's because that was maybe the last thing he wrote. Uh, Looking on his Wikipedia, he wrote from SNL from 77 to 80, from 84 to 98, and 2000 through 2013. Okay. So he wrote for, they said, over 30 years for Saturday Night Live. Yeah, you just blew my mind about. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Blew your mind. Yeah. Did you have anybody else? I did not. That was the last one. 
I just know. Oh, Darren McGavin. Did you talk about Darren McGavin? No. It's uh, Brian Madison, who is Billy Madison's dad. Mm-hmm. He's the dad from A Christmas Story. Oh, wow. You didn't really watch A Christmas Story. I've seen A Christmas Story. But I, I know it's not like one of your films yeah. that you like. No. Even though it's set in the city to which you're from. That is correct. So. Like how you were like, let me point out where it was set. Yeah. Shout out to Cleveland. Yeah. For Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I had. Yeah. Shall we move on? We shall. The next category is called, kids would call it a throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about fashion, offensive jokes or dated references, and there was stuff. (laughs) There Um, was stuff. As far as the fashion, it was pretty basic 90s, kind of plain for Mm -hmm. the most part. Yeah, I was kind of blown away with Billy's outfits because it it was almost like they were trying to make him look goofy. Yeah. Like he would wear baseball caps with the bill flipped up. Yeah. And he was wearing like a sweater that had the sleeves cut off, but it was really done shoddy looking. Yeah, like it was like the cable knit sweater and it was, I don't know. Yeah, it looked terrible. Like he was playing with a chainsaw or something. (laughs) Yeah, it was very choppy. Um, The thing I noticed about his wardrobe was that he always wore an oversized button-down shirt almost Mm -hmm. with a t-shirt and baggy jeans, which I guess out of all of his outfits were the most fashionable probably. But yeah, yeah, you're right with the goofy hats. and He dressed extra frumpy for a rich kid. I just, I think like you're supposed to just believe that he does not give a fuck. And I do. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have anything else? Of- I thought it was funny because I feel like band t-shirts and retro-y shirts have been in style for years. Mm-hmm. And when Billy shows up in high school, he wears an REO Speedwagon shirt. Yeah. And he got like weird looks from kids for it. Yeah, but I think it was less about his shirt and more how he arrived at school where he was like blaring music. And he, I think it's like he forgot that he hasn't been in high school for like 15 years. Yeah. Okay. But I, I thought it was, I, I attributed it to the Aria Speedwagon. Yeah. But no. I get what you're saying about that. Oh, and the, the just the last thing was some of those kids' hairs. Oh, my God. Especially in the third grade class, there was the kid, that chubbier kid with the rat tail. Yes. And there was a kid with a mullet. Yeah. Uh, really in his first hair. grade class that it was an epic blonde mullet. <laughs> So curly and amazing. I honestly didn't know anybody growing up that had a mullet. Good for you. Because you had one. Everybody in my family had one except for my dad. Yeah, I think I've said that before. It's traumatizing. Yeah. There's that picture that my dad just shared because yeah. of Father's Day. Mm-hmm. He's holding me. I'm like two and I freaking have a mullet. And, and it's glorious. And your dad looks just like Tony Orlando. Yeah. Whereas as my cousin pointed out... Pedro Pascual? From Narcos. <laughs> Narcos. Like, no, he doesn't look like he's on he Narcos. Wrote, I, I loved you in Narcos. <laughs> uh, Your cousin's a jerk. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else in this category? I did not. So, offensive jokes and dated references. Hit me with them. Kind of a dated reference now. We've covered her in one of our movies but they asked billy who would he rather bone meg ryan or jack nicholson he clarifies they're talking about jack nicholson in 74 thinks about it a little bit and goes i'll go with meg ryan or no he goes with jack nicholson no he, he says meg ryan he does go with meg but ryan. He the funny about part about it is that norm mcdonald looks at him like he's crazy <laughs> he's <laughs> just like what <laughs> yes i thought all of the nudie magazines in the beginning, when he's going up to the mailbox because it's Nudie Magazine Day, mm-hmm. were really bad. There were women over 80, Senorita something. Senorita Shemale. Oh, shit. I didn't a... even realize. I was I was too busy focusing on the horrible Hispanic theming. Yeah, and the tagline was, do they pee standing up or sitting down? I saw the pee... I read pee sitting down. I'm like, well, yeah, of course they pee sitting down. 
That is horrible. Yep. And then drunk chicks. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's just supposed to imply like they're easier because they're drunk, which is kind of rapey, guys. <laughs> kind of, kind of rapey. And by kind of, I mean <laughs> a lot, rapey. A lot rapey. Yeah. Now that whole whole scene was poorly done. It's like a way to start the movie off right. Yeah. Well, you know what I took issue with is he's laying in a fountain. Right. Billy, which I noticed all the times he threw a party, kids were swimming in the it's fountain. It's like a fountain pool combo. Okay, well, he's out there. He puts on suntan lotion in the form of a smile. Yes. And he's like, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Like He's like, it's nudie magazine day. Climbs out of the pool, soaking wet. By the time he gets to the mailbox, he's completely dry and the suntan lotion's gone. I, that irritated me. I, I think that would be called a plot hole. And we're not doing plot holes right now. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll bring that back up. No, I don't, you don't have to. <laughs> Um, and I'm just kidding, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the next one I have is when they're on the field trip and the one kid dares him to go touch Veronica's boobs. And I was so proud of him because he's like, that's assault, brother. And I was like, wow. We looked at each other like, holy crap. That's refreshing. And then he said, you double dare me. And I was like, oh, Billy. And he goes over there and does it. Yeah. And, you know, she laughs it off. And then the next scene, she's just like, you're not the first person. And I'm like, that is horrible. Yeah. So true. No. But that is horrible. And these are the things we have in movies, man. Yeah. He, uh, I was so proud of him for being like, that's assault, brother. But it makes it worse because he knows what it is. Yeah. And and even in 1995, they knew what it was. Mm Mm-hmm. But we continue to do it and continue to have it in movies and think it's funny. I was going to say, in a comedy scene. Yeah. (laughs) Watch this hilariousness. I'm going to go get gropey. Don't touch people. Or their boobs. And just don't touch people without permission either. Just keep your hands to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. On a less sexually assaulty kind of thing, uh, when Billy's having lunch with some of the kids, they're talking about how Mortal Kombat is the greatest game ever on the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, he gets upset because he, he defends some other game and they're like... Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. There you go. Another I said reference. Donkey Kong weird. You keep saying Kong. <laughs> it's Kong. I know. I'm <laughs> trying to say it. My mouth doesn't want to say it. Donkey Kong. There you go. Hey, Contact. <laughs> Paper towel. Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh, jerk. That I mean, other than right after, to just double up on the sexual over-sexualizing Veronica Vaughn, this whole fucking movie, but uh, when they're getting on the bus after the field trip, Chris Farley's character, the bus driver... Looks up her dress. Yes. Yeah. He tries to make a remark that... He has slept with her. Yes. And that he knew somebody. Yeah. And then Billy kept, you know, saying, no, you didn't. Yeah. But it's shitty. Yeah. That's that's all I have to say. Yeah. I don't have the energy to, to <laughs> divulge into why it's shitty. You should just know it's shitty by now. Did you have anything else? I got one more. Sure. Uh, one of the kids in the class says, that's Billy. He's in my class. I hear he's retarded or something. Oh, yeah, the little kid. Yeah. When he's talking to his hot mom. Talking to his hot mom. That was fun. Ah, uh, the 90s. <laughs> yeah, that's the last one. Um, Do you want to move on? Yeah. We're going to go ahead and get out our corded telephone so we can call and see if Miss Vaughn has a boyfriend and talk about a little technology. That was another discussion that I... Even in the context that if Billy wasn't there, <laughs> I guess Veronica did a good job about explaining, like, I'm a teacher and an adult, and we like to date other adults. Yeah, she handled it very well. But. For a third grader. <laughs> well, to a, with a third grader, <laughs> oh, you know, like a she, nine-year-old. Veronica's not a third grader. No. no. <laughs> I didn't really have anything in this category other than a couple cordless phones. Yeah. Some TVs. It's not, nothing's that. It, it, and there wasn't an over-reliance. Yeah. Them. So, yeah, that was just a big one I had. Did you have anything for the DVD specials? 
features? Not anything for the special features, but there was some good previews. Yes. They Owning have... this movie has its perks. Yeah. <laughs> like shitty trailers. We did own it, guys. Go us. Yeah. The trailers weren't bad. There was a preview for a DVD double pack of Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Dazed and Confused. That's correct. That's a good purchase. I just, I don't think the movies that they showed were bad. I was the editing of the commercials. Like we, it was the Born Supremacy, which mm-hmm. I thought it was the identity because it looks super old. Mm-hmm. And just the way it was edited, so serious. It, it looked like what we would see now as a satire trailer yeah. of an action movie very true and they did mention at the end of the born supremacy trailer that it was coming soon to dvd and video yes so good old video yeah but also another good movie born supremacy yeah the movie i'm sure is not super dated but mm-hmm. it's just the way the trailer was cut made it seem super dated yeah i agree yeah i didn't really have anything else mm-hmm. do you want to move on Yes, we shall. The next category is called Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot and plot holes. And we talk about the funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. And there were stuff. (laughs) Again, so many things that I can list. Um, What did you think about the plot? Very believable. I understand this is how the Hilton Hotel chain decided ownership. Paris went back to school. There you go. <laughs> she had to beat some random guy out for it. Yeah, I think it was might even have been Nicole Richie. Who knows? Weird. Uh, very not believable. <laughs> on, on really any aspect of it. It's true. I mean, in the sense of reality, which I don't know why we even try to base things in reality when it comes to movies. Mm-hmm. Unless it's based on a true story type thing. But but I do believe that somebody with a lot of money could get away with sending their kid back to school. Or by kid, I mean late 20s adult, Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, because all they have to do is make a nice donation. and Yeah. Here you go. That's basically what they did. Yeah. So in that sense, it's believable. Yeah. But, but I, not the deciding ownership of a hotel chain. I also don't just believe that... For, they never explain where his mom is. No. And the dad just did a really shitty job of neglecting him. Because that's, to me, it's a, a sign of neglect that you just let your son do whatever the fuck he wanted. Like, obviously in movies and in tropes, like, there there is that spoiled rich kid mm-hmm. that, you know, but they're always, like, well-educated, sort yeah. of. Well, except for our president. <laughs> well, but no, I get what you're saying. Are you saying, saying this is based on a true story of Donald Trump? <laughs> no, but I get what you're saying. Like, they still push their kid to succeed. Yes. And not just... In movies, it's always this total screw-off who just Like, literally, the first two scenes, he acts like he has brain damage. Yeah. He only talks in his... Man, yeah, his man-baby voice. Mm-hmm. To the point where I'm like, why should we root for this guy? But then when he when he's talking to his dad, when his dad says, I'm going to give the company to Eric, he gets a little more serious. He th- comes up with the idea to go back to school. And then I'm like, okay, this is the person I'm rooting for. But I don't know who the person was two scenes ago. The first couple scenes, he's he's very exhausting to watch. Yeah. Where he... They have the dinner scene with all these people and he's sitting there slurping his stuff and yelling at Bradley Whitford. And you're like, you're really hard to root for. Because it's not like, okay, so we've seen in movies and TV shows, we've seen the spoiled white privileged guy who parties too much and he's still like coherent Mm -hmm. and he knows how to talk where... Billy is so emotionally stunted that he talks like a child when he's in the presence of his dad. Yeah. And like you said, slurps his soup, tries to pick a fight with his coworker. Yeah. And yeah, I just didn't find it as funny as it's probably supposed to be. No. So I guess we can move right into plot holes because that was kind of a plot hole for me. Mm-hmm. What did you have? The entire kind of billy and miss vaughn arc 
doesn't make a lot of sense in the sense that when Billy shows up at the school, she's not amused to see him there. Right. He makes fun of a kid trying to read. She literally yanks him out of the classroom by his ear and is furious. But then they don't explain anything that happens. All of a sudden, like you said, they're on a school bus. He gropes her. She laughs it off. And now she likes him. I think the turning point for her was that he helped Ernie with the peed your pants part, which was like, oh, that's nice that you would do that for. But she started even before that when she's like, you're not the first person that tried to grope. That's why I was like, what happened here? Because if that had been before, you'd be like, okay, she thinks he's got a good heart or something. I was just like, that doesn't make any sense. You were a jerk to him two minutes ago. Yeah, there's no like buildup of my first instinct about this person is wrong. Mm -hmm. It's like she just decided to change her mind. And then all of a sudden at his little third grade graduation, she's like, let's make out. Yeah, there was no context in the film that showed that they were heading in this direction for me. I think I coined this term. I don't know what episode it was, but it's that you can tell this is written by a middle aged guy. It's that fantasy that a woman you can do bare minimum and a woman's going to drop her panties for you. Yep. And that's not that's not true, man. <laughs> Sorry, it's not true. And it's not happening. We write it in movies so easily that a woman can be just, I, you know, attracted to the slightest thing. I mean, just humans in general, like you have to put in some effort. Yeah. Nobody wants to date a man child. <laughs> One who talks gibberish. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe she just has really horrible taste in men. <laughs> That's something, maybe I give like female characters too much credit that they don't have something else going on in their brains that they're just like emotionally stunted too. So then they're attracted to other emotionally stunted people. I don't know. (laughs) Could be. They don't elaborate on her character very much other than she's a beautiful teacher. Well, there you go. Did you have any plot holes? Just, Just a slight thing throughout the movie, especially... When they kind of head towards the montage of him going through the grades that aren't that important, I guess. Mm -hmm. Eric has a little display of him moving each grades. And I'm like, you actually took the time (laughs) to make this display? Yeah. To check the progress of your person that you're trying to beat? And glued a popsicle stick on it? Yeah. So he could move it along? I mean, it would make more sense if Billy made that or maybe... If uh, Juanita made that as yeah. a way to like track his progress and celebrate him, but the fact that Eric made it was weird. Yeah, I felt like it was very crafty. Like mm-hmm. a kindergarten teacher would maybe use that to hand out like chores for the week for kids. Like this kid's the line leader, or yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it was very didn't seem like something a you know high ranking person in a hotel chain would take the time to make. Yeah. Yeah. Probably had his secretary make it before he put her in a coma by throwing a phone at her. <laughs> Did you have anything else? No, that was it. What was your funniest liner moment? There was a quite a few. I It was not like Biodome in the sense where I was like, I didn't laugh. Kind of a callback to our episode last week. I did like that the teacher reads a book to Billy in kindergarten, or first grade, and it's the puppy who lost his way. Yes. And Billy is very intrigued by the story and he's focusing on it and he's immediately upset that the kid gave up looking for his dog <laughs> after one hour. And I was like, he's just like Peter from Homeward Bound. He gave up Shadow was coming back in one minute. Yeah. Uh, but kind of keeping with the puppy who lost his way theme, I liked during the academic decathlon when they asked him to talk about industrial revolution and its impact on literature, and he tries to BS his way through it by talking about the puppy who'd lost his way. Yes. And the judge looks at him and is like, at no point did that come close to a coherent answer. And he just destroys it. And then he's like, and may God have mercy on your soul. And they cut to Adam Sandler. And he's just like, okay, a simple wrong would have done. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that. No, that was, I always love that part because he just, it, it reminded me, and obviously this movie came out before, but it reminded me in Community, in one of the first episodes, Jeff joins the speech and debate team. Mm-hmm. 
And he goes on this long tangent and he just, obviously, if you've ever seen Community, Jeff Winger is a bullshitter. He's an ex-lawyer. So he, he knows how to talk for a living. And he just goes on this long tangent and to the point where people are clapping and cheering. <laughs> but then the judge gives him zero points because they're like, you did it wrong. You didn't back up your points at all. And that's what it reminded me of was like, because he goes through this long tangent and, and then, then ends it with evil woman. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Billy does this, a very similar thing where he just goes on this long tangent mm-hmm. and people cheer. And then the judge was the like, no. Principal's just like, yeah, that wasn't coherent at all. <laughs> you, you just rambled for five minutes. Yeah. No points. Uh, the part that always made me chuckle when I was a kid was any parts with the penguin. Mm hmm. And just the mention of the penguin when Billy's dad tells him he's not going to give him the hotel chain. And he's like, is that it, dad? Did the penguin tell you to do it? (laughs) (laughs) It was just, yeah. My favorite part with the penguin is when Billy's drunk and he stumbles up to Veronica's house. Yeah. And he sees the penguin and he's like, so sorry to interrupt. Proceed. Yeah. Yeah, I did like that part too. Uh, um, what was your cringiest liner moment? We kind of talked about the two instances where they overly sexualized Miss Vaughn. But from the other one that I had was when Principal Anderson has to substitute for Miss Vaughn. Yeah. And their kids are passing a note and he sees it. So he calls the kid up there and he reads it. And they're like, we're so lucky to have Principal Anderson as our substitute today. And he's like, oh, that's really nice. And he's like, because if I was him, I'd walk my fat ass into traffic and get hit by a bus. And you're like, that's fucking rude as shit. I don't know. Was Billy the one who wrote that? Or is it another person? I think it was somebody else because he didn't even know who the principal was until two minutes earlier. I think it was somebody else who wrote it. Damn third graders? Yeah, fucking jaded little shits. <laughs> what was your cringiest moment? At the very end, everybody has a kiss scene or or Billy and Veronica have a kiss scene and then they kind of just make fun of it cuz there's there's plenty of movies where random people will hook up at the end especially like romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. So like almost every character has a, a kissing scene at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. And at one point Billy's friend Jack, who's played by uh, Mark Beltzman, mm-hmm. obviously not not the one that's played by Norm Macdonald, <laughs> turns to go make out with the 14-year-old that I think it's the 14-year-old that Billy makes fun of in his chemistry class. Yeah. And tries to make out with her. Yeah. And I was like, that's so fucking cringy. Right when it happened, I was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, you can't get away with that in a movie. No. You shouldn't have been able to get away with it at all. But, you know. Different time, I guess. Uh, 1995. <sighs> Gross. Um, so, obviously super creepy. Yeah, to say the least. Because I think, too, is he turned and he tried to make out with her and she stopped him. And then he looked all sad. Yeah. Okay. And I think if it was like, if he went to go turn to make out and he's like, oh, it's a child. Oops. <laughs> like, but he, he looked like disappointed that he didn't get to make out with a 14-year-old girl. 14-year-old shot me down. Story of my life. <sighs> Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? No, we actually, I realized I had written stuff down, but we had hit all the points. Things I forgot about this movie were some of the dark humor. Mm -hmm. Like when the clown falls at his first grade birthday party and he just starts bleeding out and people are just sitting there laughing. And then uh, when Danny McGrath exits or exits. Crosses Billy off the list. Crosses him off the list. And then when... Eric lights himself on fire baking a pie. Like, those are just so random and kind of dark. Yeah. This movie sometimes was all over the place with its humor. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I don't know if I have anything else. I think we talked about everything. Already. You want to hand out some awards? Sure. I don't know why I started talking like a southern gentleman. I don't know. I don't know. As always, we give out two awards every week here on the Ruining Our Childhood podcast, the first of which is a valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Who did you give your award to? I gave mine to Josh Mostel, a.k.a. 
Principal Anderson. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the only reason I gave it to him was because when Eric stops him at one of the parties to basically blackmail him into helping him defeat Billy, the way he's like blubbering, I just thought it was really cheesy and over the top. And then at the end of the movie, he is hugging Billy because Billy has finally graduated. He won the company back, mm-hmm. but he gives it away, obviously. But he wins it back and he starts humping him. Oh, God, I didn't even catch that. You didn't catch it? He no. hugged him. He's like, congratulations. And he humped him and he's like, I'm still horny. Cause the Valentine yeah, he did he write that him. on the Valentine's. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, it was just yeah. over the top. And, and it's pretty bad because I was going to give it to a child. Because oh. there's some bad child acting in this. There was. But I just ended up giving to him because I thought he his character was like over the top and not likable. I don't mm. know if he's supposed to be likable. I don't think he was, but yeah. I know yeah. what you're saying. Who was yours? I gave mine to Adam Sandler. Aw. Yeah. He was very exhausting for me. Okay. Until he, about halfway through, he becomes much like you said, you root for him more. That whole first half of the movie where he's a man child and he's talking like a baby and gibberish, it was it was hard to watch. Yeah. And it's weird because I always liked him. I think it's it's some of especially some of the stuff in this movie, it's it's kind of overplayed mm-hmm. as we see it. We see it as something he does in a lot of his movies. And so now and we've discussed this I think we even discussed it in the Wedding Singer episode that when somebody has a bit and it gets overplayed, people do get sick of it. Yeah. And I think that especially the first like 10 minutes of the movie, he does do a lot of the stuff that he does in other movies. He becomes more enjoyable to watch as the movie goes on. Mm -hmm. But at that beginning part of this movie, he's very exhausting and kind of painful to watch for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who did you give yours to? I gave it to Bridget Wilson Sampras as Miss Vaughn because I felt like she helped bring out that good side in Billy and made Adam Sandler more enjoyable to watch. Okay. Because she, yeah, she was the love interest, but you mentioned earlier where they don't really explain his mother and where she's at. And it seems like his dad really doesn't care about him, where she might have been the first person that kind of cared about him. And when he starts going off track and he doesn't want to, you know, go to school anymore, she goes over and literally beats the crap out of him. It's like, you need to get your shit together and go win this company. Right. So I thought she was good and actually made Adam Sandler a lot more enjoyable in this movie. Okay. Ryan. Ryan, okay. Who did you give your award to? I gave mine to Adam Sandler. Okay. I don't know if I particularly liked any character in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think the only reason I really gave it to him was because in the scenes where he wasn't acting like a complete idiot, he was really good. And Veronica is a good character, but she, I don't know, like, I can't, I can't start see her as a strong character because she's written to basically be a sexy person that's only attracted to Adam Sandler mm-hmm. for no fucking reason. <laughs> I did like that she beat the shit out of him, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I wish they would have developed, because it's not that long of a movie, so they could have added some more scenes. I wish they would have developed more of that relationship. Right. Because I felt like out of all the years in his schooling, they focused on the third grade year probably the most. Right. So why couldn't you add more depth to those two as to... Like we talked about earlier, they don't explain where was this change with her and all of a sudden now she likes him. She saw his house, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> he does have a really nice house. It, it just doesn't add up to me. I no. and But think of all the movies where the man child gets the girl yeah. and he doesn't even have to try that hard. No. And this just follows that formula. He had to pass... All the grades of school, two weeks in grade, and then he gets a pretty girl in a hotel empire. But he barely passes. Oh, yeah. And he barely even tries, even in the decathlon. Yeah. And to be honest with you, he's not really a hero throughout the whole movie, because even at the end, when Bradley Whitford's character pulls out a gun, 
Danny saves him. And just so we're clear, you gave him your Thomas J. Hanks Award. <laughs> I think acting-wise, it was just, like, by default. Gotcha. I don't know. I just, I didn't enjoy this movie as much as I thought I was going to. Uh-huh. I'm kind of sad about it. Fair enough. Not as bad as Biodome. No. No. Because I still laughed at a lot of things. Stuff was still funny. Yeah. I think if we want to just move on mm-hmm. uh, to if this movie holds up, I'm going to say it doesn't because I think there was just too many iffy things that I just didn't agree with. I know I said earlier that I thought uh, Principal Anderson was a child molester, but I think it's because I think I'm thinking of another movie, but I think it's because he was hitting on Billy in the classroom. Yeah. It's like I forgot that Billy was an adult. <laughs> Billy's 28. Yeah. But also, I think it's because he was um, in the scene where all the kids go to his house. And he's like, I shouldn't have kids in my house. I remember that line for some reason. Mm-hmm. But he, um, he says it like he shouldn't be living near a school. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you're a principal of a school. Yeah. Now, I agree with you. It's still a funny movie. And it had some chuckles in it. But it's very poorly written. I don't think there was a lot there. Yeah. There's not a lot of character development, and your main star is gibberish for the first 20 minutes. And it's there's some random jokes in there, and like I said, there's stuff that made me laugh. Like, the penguin still ma- thing made me laugh, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just out of nostalgia Yeah, for watching the movie as a kid. Mm-hmm. Some of the dark humor made me laugh, like the clown falling. Yeah. But, and the principal telling him he was an idiot. No, for it, his long answer. It had it had jokes. Yeah. And the jokes still hit. But yeah. having six or seven good laughs in a 90-minute movie that's pretty thinly written and doesn't really go anywhere, it doesn't really hold up. Yeah. I agree. It happens. <laughs> it's the risk we run when we do I mean, this podcast. I will say I thought it wasn't going to hold up. And it wasn't like I regretted watching this. If in 10 years you're like, oh, let's watch Belly Madison again. I'm not going to go get the hell out of the house and we need to take no, you to a doctor no. to have your brain examined. Whereas Biodome, I'd be like, no, if we never watch that again, I'm perfectly okay. For sure. I almost feel like we need to have a new like rating system. I think I could watch this again, like you said, in a couple years just for nostalgia. But... I'm not going to be going, man, I really want to watch Billy Madison again. Yeah. Because I've also, I feel like I've seen it enough in my lifetime because I watched it a lot when I was younger. Same. uh, That I don't really need to. The jokes are funny. Stop looking at me, Swan. (laughs) I still say in my head sometimes. I could tell we both watched it way too much because you were quoting the scene with the chemistry and then his incoherent ramble about the puppy who lost his way and industrial revolution i was like and he's like and that's how you start and i was like revolution (laughs) like i remember so yeah we both watched this movie a lot growing up and enjoyed it and like i said i would watch it again and still laugh at it but it it was not great no there's definitely better movies out there for sure um so yeah another one in the books so thanks for listening, guys. Uh, is there anything we want to say? We're going to tell them the movies for next week. I always forget. Yes, you do. Let me see. Because it's 2020 and the world is shit. Mm-hmm. We thought we'd throw in a little bit of a apocalypse theme for next week. The first choice will be Deep Impact. The 1998 classic. Classic. And... The second pick is The Day After Tomorrow. The 2004 classic. Yeah. I'm glad you knew that. I was like, 2002? I don't know. I think it's four. It could be 2005. I don't want to ruin the cast for me. I remember two people. I know Deep Impact is 98 for sure. Yeah. 2004. There you go. Good job. If there's one thing you'll learn about me and Ashley, we have useless knowledge of movies. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It's paid off a couple times. Yeah. I did say I was going to pick one and I was going to get behind it. And that was going to be my movie for next week. So everybody get behind Deep Impact. Okay. That's the one I'm picking. So I guess I get the day after tomorrow. You get the day after tomorrow. Some Jake Gyllenhaal action. Yes, you do. Okay with that. I I hope one of my movies won. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, we will have a loser. Yeah. Uh, poll probably in August. We keep pushing it back because we keep thinking of keep coming up with new weeks to do. Yeah. So, uh, definitely check out our poll. It will be up Wednesday through Saturday every <laughs> week. We'll have a new poll, and I hope you have a great day. Day. Night. When yeah. are you listening to this? Middle of the night. What are you doing? Go to sleep. Take a melatonin. They could work third shift. That's true. I'm sorry. Yeah, don't judge. I'm not judging. Bye. (laughs) This is the most awkward way we've ended a podcast (laughs) ever. Okay, bye. Bye.